Good morning and hello, listeners. Welcome to a new episode of Living in the Moment. I got to sit down with Anna, one of my favorite people to talk to, and today we celebrated her journey and chatted about everything she has accomplished in her career. Now, let me tell you, it is all very unexpected. Just when you think she surprised you, she has another thing up her sleeve. We were also joined by my puppy, Louie, as we had an impromptu bring your son to work day, and he certainly kept things interesting. Now, if you're currently in our TLS step challenge, right now is the perfect opportunity to get up and start moving. So stand up. I'll wait here. Excellent. Nice work. Now get out there and get your steps in. It's time to celebrate Anna's journey. How's your day going? Good. Actually, very good. Yeah. How's yours? Good. So far on track, which is a nice sign. Very good. How many fires this morning? Not many. It's been a better morning. I was able to actually execute what I had planned. Hello, baby. We have a visitor with us, Mr. Louis Vuitton. I know. I love you, too. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. He loves me. <laughs> We are giving all the kisses. I know, I know. I didn't expect that. Thank you, mister. Oh, I know. (laughs) The mic too? (laughs) I know, I know. It's impossible to resist me. I know. Yep. Louie, people need to work around here. I know. So, you. All about you. I think you like talking about yourself. I don't think that's a hardship. No. uh, I don't have a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I don't have a problem. (laughs) Your career and everything up until now. You've got quite the amount of experience. And it's fascinating because it's like every end of the spectrum. So tell me everything. Okay. Um... I have to think about it because it is quite a lot. There's a, I've done several different things. Um, But my main thing, like as background, I'm a lawyer. I did work with labor law and family law. Do not recommend family law. Mm. People, show their true colors and it's not nice when they're going through divorce and custody battles and and once I was fed up with that I what was the next step okay so I started when I was in university I used to bake the cakes for everyone's birthday because I like cooking and baking So when I was really tired with everything going on, like within the law world, I did a one year, um, I attended a class to become a pastry chef. And that was quite an event. Like it was really nice. I went to, like we had a competition in a different country. 
it's, it was just Paraguay, but it was still a different. <laughs> it was not in Brazil. <laughs> this is like a Hallmark Channel movie um, waiting to happen. But it was um, it was really nice because then we had to form groups with the ones that were doing like the chef classes, and we had to do like a full uh, five course meal to present to the judge. And actually, me and my group, there were two of them. We were chosen in our school. They have these schools all over Latin America, and they choose like one group from each school to be part of the competition in Asuncion. And that was really like, that was quite an experience. And the one thing that was really, really interesting for me is that my image of Paraguay was always the border because we used to cross to shop. It's really good to shop there, guys. <laughs> you don't need it because I have U.S. right around the corner. <laughs> but for Brazilians, it's uh, second best. And it's not a pretty area, the border. But Asuncion is actually a lovely city, like beautiful constructions. So it was very nice to be able to experience that and to be there and to be classified there too. It was very cool. So for a while, I had a company with that I would make more like wedding cakes and stuff like that. I would have to hide the chocolate that I had at home because my dad would come and steal it. It was, and he would pretend he did not. <laughs> and sometimes I would leave some out just because I knew he would get it. Um, but then from that, it evolved to an event company. So for a good while, I ran this event company in Brazil. Oh, I forgot. In between that, I also coordinated and managed the school, a language center. So that happened because I was just like really bored, not really knowing what to do. I knew that I did not want to practice law in Brazil. Mm -hmm. Because what I like about law is not family law, it's not um, labor law. And because of corruption and all of that, it was not, it would not be safe to do what I would like to do. So I was not gonna do that. And I was very like, okay, let's see what's gonna happen now. Where am I going? So I got this job at the school and then I was coordinating and um, and managing the school. That was interesting. Was I it like an ESL school or Portuguese? No, uh, ESL, like it was English and Spanish. The good thing about that, that gave me a lot of customer service experience. I had to, I was the middleman between the school owners. The franchise, franchise owners, like they're all friends, like the corporate, the franchise owners, parents, and the kids, or yeah. the adult students who didn't really study. We had those two. And I was between all of those and the teachers. So that, that gave me a lot of experience in dealing with people. Having four sisters at home also helped, but that was like <laughs> learning more, right? And that was a really nice time that I had there and I learned a lot I learned a lot about managing financing um, not that I apply to my personal life I should 
<laughs> but I learned I can help, I can do it for businesses, right? Um, but then in this meantime, I had this party company going. When the event and party planning company started to grow, I left the school. I had to make a choice because I was working every weekend and like 14 hour days to be able to handle everything. And I remember that I got sick and I never get sick. And when I got sick, I said, okay, this, is too, much. this is too much. So I left the school and focused only on the events. Fun fact, six months later, they came after me asking me to go back because they were dying. So I went back for a while to help with the new person to train the coordinator uh, with shorter days because I actually really liked them. And, but the event company is still going on in Brazil. It's called La Fete Festas Afetivas, if you guys want to check it out. I am, let's say, a silent partner, I would say. My name is still there, but my partner is still running it. And it's just being amazing. I'm very proud of her and what she does. And <clears throat> after that, I came to Canada. And what actually brought you here or how did you end up here? Well, Brazil is great. Amazing. Really good to be there. But it's not a place where you would feel where you feel safe all the time. Being able to walk on the streets with a purse that doesn't have a zipper or carrying your phone in your hand. You know those open purse that we use, like yeah, yeah, yeah. This is not something you do on the streets in Brazil. Oh. Okay. Yes. So that's like nobody. I was gonna say you're not gonna get shot. That could happen, but not if you go to the right places. It will not happen. Like there are places and places. It's just pickpocketing. But pickpocketing is a lot. And if you're walking down the street, like downtown, with your phone in your hand, you will lose your phone. <clears throat> so those are very small things but what happens is that you spend your entire life being really really aware of your surroundings and you don't relax you know like just strolling around and enjoying the walk you don't really do that Yeah. so you're always concerned like well, when I would go for runs, there was a time that I used to run a lot, guys. I'll go back to that. I need to, cheese. But when I used to run, I would go to the parks that I liked. Mm -hmm. I would have to drive to the parks because I would not feel comfortable carrying everything, just walking to the park. I would choose parks where actually there were like police officers around. Mm -hmm. And I had this little pocket that was attached to a band that would go inside my shirt so my phone was always hiding i would never go like with airpods or anything like that it was like very simple earbuds something that anything that doesn't nothing flashy yes yeah so that's that was not something that i wanted to go through the rest of my life you know and if you would ask my 
I think that my dad used to say that you belong to the world. You don't belong here. It was just like who I am. I love traveling. I love doing new things. I love meeting new people. And Canada is, it was in my imaginary this, safe heaven where I could just, which is, I, I feel this way. Like I love being here when I was, and how things are funny in life. So when I was like second grade, I think I was eight years old. One of my mom's friends, the daughter came to Canada. She lives in Vancouver. And I remember my mom telling me, Oh, she lives in this, she lives in Canada. And we had no idea what was Canada or where, like I was eight. And my mom said, no, it's a beautiful country. The houses, they don't have gates. Like there are no gates. It's just like little bushes, divided houses. And we we're like, wow. And it was like this imaginary place in my head where everything was beautiful and people were happy yeah. and no crime. So it was... I think that I had this in my head since very young age because of this story and it just carried along. That's so, it's weird because I've had the exact opposite experience. I remember being in San Francisco because I've grown up in this place where yes, you lock your doors, but you don't need gates. There's no bars on the window. There's, there's nothing that has that connotation of it's dangerous or you have to protect yourself um, aside from your front door being locked. And so I remember being in San Francisco and just every house you drive by has bars on the window and three gates to get to the front door. And it's like, it just puts this fear inside of you of where am I? And what is what is the environment here? Because this is so unfamiliar to me. So it's interesting, it's the exact opposite. So a lot of people will have bulletproof cars. Oh my God. Like if you can afford one, you will have one. Um, again, Everyone who's listening, super worth to visit. I have a lot of <laughs> You're tips. really selling the tourism. Yes, yeah, so no, it's very nice. It's a beautiful place. I love going there and visiting. I just don't recommend to live, like for anyone to actually live there, How especially if you're like in the city. How do you not develop anxiety? <clears throat> I'm a Pisces. <laughs> so I think that's the reason. I do believe in astrology too. Don't tell my priest. <laughs> um, but I think that because I'm just nowadays I'm worse. But as a kid, especially in a teenager, I was just this really easygoing, like trust the process, believe in the universe. God is great. Everything's gonna turn out fine. And I think that that's what helps me. You know, I was never, it's hard to explain this. I was always aware and careful, like in aware of my surroundings, where I was going, um, how I would carry money, phone, purses, all of that, always. Like I was never just, oh, okay, let's go and I don't care. I was always careful, but I was never concerned that something was going to happen to me. So I'm lucky, and I hope to continue this way. I once went to a soccer match, Miriam, football for Miriam. Um, so I went to a soccer match with this friend, and 
we were in what they call the general, like, public, whatever. We were... The GA. Yes. I was, like, 14. And there was a stabbing. Like, people fought and there was a stabbing. You know how I knew about this? When I was home watching the news at night, I was like, oh, I was there. And then I looked, where was the stabbing? It was right beside me. Like, very close. I didn't even see it. Jeez. So nothing... And it's been... I have a few stories like this where something happened really bad, really close to me, never got to me. So I've always... I feel like it... I never developed any anxiety because of that. I've always felt like protected. You know, I just walked around with this bubble around you. Yes. Something <laughs> like that. I don't know. But I don't know if it's the fact that I am distracted, despite being aware and being careful. I am very distracted uh, and easily distracted. So maybe it's that. Or because I pay attention to things that I want to pay attention to. So I don't know. I think it's an A-B thing. Yeah. <laughs> Brendan always, always is after me about how I just have no awareness for my surroundings. Like, I do just live in my own little world as I walk around. And like, I'm I'm aware to not bump into someone, but, like, I'm not aware if someone's trying to get my attention or, like, absolutely nothing of, of my immediate space around me. But You focus on... On your thing. it's Yeah, one yeah. track mind. I'm going where I need to go. And that's what's and important. That's, so when I say that I'm easily distracted, I actually, I think that I focus on what I feel is important. And then sometimes I don't notice. I, When I'm doing something that I actually need to look at the bigger picture and notice the surroundings, I need to make an effort. I need to do that on purpose, to intentionally do that. Because if I just go with the flow, I'll just be focusing on whatever is interesting to me at the moment, and I will not pay attention to the rest. Okay. But that's how you don't develop anxiety. Trust the universe. I think you need to avoid a pandemic for me. I think that's where mine started. Well, mine heightened through a pandemic. Yeah, I would say that. (laughs) Yeah. Goodness. So, okay, you arrive in Canada. Yes. And then I was looking for a job. And I applied to a few places, but I remember when I saw the ad for TLS and I was reading through it. And so the party company that we have, it's called La Fetti Festas Afetivas, which would mean like a party with affection. So the, the idea behind the parties or any event that we would plan would be to actually get the know, get to know the person who's having the party and understand what's the story behind it. So if you go to, to Instagram and you check the feed of the company, it's not like sad parties. And one thing that I can tell you, so to give you a better idea, birthday parties are a huge thing in Brazil, like huge. First birthday parties are like over 100 guests. It's like a mini wedding. I don't, I can't. Yeah, we do, it's a lot of money and people invest in it and they want to do beautiful things. And it's catered to the parents before the children. Yes. So, and they do like the themes that they have, like Encanto or whatever it is, Mm -hmm. like Disney movies, a lot of those. And they're usually like, they have the characters 
And either it's a um, board or like a 3D one and a colorful table, that's it. We never did that. For us, it's always, there's always something else behind. So the last one that um, Flavia did now recently, the theme chosen by the girls was Encanto, the movie. And the, like they wrote the little doors to represent the doors from the movie. And the panel behind the cake table and the sweets was actually hand painted with sentences from the movie, but using the girl name. Oh, wow. So it's always extremely personalized. And then she gets to keep that. Maybe. It depends how much you're willing to pay oh, for Oh, okay. <laughs> you can keep whatever, like everything can be done. But... So I lost track of where I was going at this. Okay. So what what we are, the dif like what differentiates this company from other companies is how we make the, the clients feel, the customers feel. So people walk into a party, they, ha they have a project, they kind of know what we're doing. But the best feeling that I ever had was when we finished staging everything and, and the person would walk in, the look in their eyes, the smile, yep. and how impressed, grateful, and thankful they were. I call that the wow moment. The wow moment, yes. Yeah. So that was... That drove me. So when I saw the ad for Moment Makers, I was like, I am a Moment Maker. <laughs> I can do that. And that's how I ended up at TLS. I still remember when I was called uh, to do the interview. I was so excited because you do like the phone um, screening before, right? That I wouldn't let them ask me the questions. I was asking a lot of questions. And then there was a the moment that it was like, okay, no, that's okay. We're going to schedule an interview and we're going to help you with all your questions. I just need to confirm some information. I was like, oh, okay. And I was like, oh, <laughs> up, and Louisa. But I was very <laughs> excited. So I was like, okay, and this and that. And I was asking questions because I checked the website and all of that and whatever was on the application thing. And it was just... And I was so happy. I remember calling my mom and telling her about this. And that's how I ended up at TLS. And now you're part of our family. Yes, I am. And then your growth has been your moment maker. I was a moment maker uh, for Pillar to Post and hired on a contract, right? just like everybody else and I was kind of torn thinking am I going to be here am I not going to be here I had plans to go back to Brazil to visit at the end of the year I had a, a wedding to attend like I don't know what's wrong with me it's always that but I had this wedding to attend and so I was very happy to be here, but my first feeling was that, okay, my contract is going to be, like, I'm not going to be there anymore. I'm going to go to Brazil. When I come back, I'll try to apply again. That was my first 
mm-hmm. thought. And then there was an opening for a supervisor position. And I was like, um, I remember that I applied on the last day. And if you ask Miriam, she never talked to me at the time about it. We like she at the time she was I reported to Miriam and but we never talked about work, like outside of work, right? And when I saw the opening for a supervisor, I was like, oh, this could work, but I have to go to Brazil. Will that be accepted? Would that work? And I was like, should I, should I not? I'm like, well, worst case scenario, I'm gonna get no, and I already have it, so. Okay, last day I applied, and Marion says that she was coming to um, the person that was responsible for this, asking, did she apply? Did she apply? But she never asked me. And she jokes to this day saying that I wanted to give her a heart attack and I waited until the last minute to send my, <laughs> to send my resume. So I applied and I was interviewed by Stephanie. And that was my first like real contact with Stephanie. Like I would see Stephanie on the floor, like say hi, but I never had like I never had had like a real conversation with her. Right. And yes, and then I became a supervisor for Serta Pro Painters. And then I became a manager. And now here no, it's Serta Pro Painters, California Closets, and Magic Bubbles. Just a couple of things. Just a couple of things. Just a small team of. 90. Oh my god. Yeah, a lot of people right now. Serta <laughs> is like blown out of the world. Like Serta is huge mm-hmm. now. I remember the uh like it wasn't even a slight incline. It was like we were flatlined and then all of a sudden just this vertical line in the graph of I, th- I want to say it was last summer. Yes. Was, yeah. Last com- summer combating, when it started like, to yeah, because August, August, September volumes increased, and I just remember the team was out of this world large. Yes. But it's nice to see that. What, being able to be part of this process, seeing how much it's growing, how big the team's getting, um, different things that we're offering, different processes, a better better ways to attend to customers and to the brand. Being part of all of this has been really wonderful. Hmm. So back on your law days then, if you studied labor law, did you not, were you not interested in the subject matter because of being in Brazil or just the subject matter was not yours? Like why are you not in okay. HR? So, um, in Brazil, HR, it's done by psychologists. So it's a psychologist. Oh. My younger sister is a psychologist, and she doesn't she doesn't really do well like with therapy sessions and stuff like that. So she goes more to an admin world. So she did a postgrad on labor legislation, and she worked as an HR manager for 
I think almost 10 years in two different companies. So is it psychology with business learning? Yes. Whereas here it's business with psychology learning. Probably. I don't know how it is here. That's the HR degree. <laughs> I'm going to be yeah, here. That's true. <laughs> I, I well, no, so I, I have an HR degree and, and it's a it's a business degree, but the content is very people psychology yeah. based. And so my my relationship, like my relationship with law, my passion and what I did my final paper and what I did my... When I finished law school, I went through another year of like a specialization thing. It's international law and human rights. So what I actually wanted to do was to go to Hague to attend classes that they have at the international tribunal, whatever. Mm. And at the time, I was very, very young. So I graduated law school at 21. It's Yes, it's very... So law school in Brazil, it's five years. Okay. And you start it right after school. You don't do like an undergrad and then you go to law school. So right. I, when I started law school, when my, when my classes actually started, I couldn't drive. I was 17. I turned 18 already in law school. Yeah. When does your high school end? 17. Hang on, I gotta do math. Yeah, no, ours ends, I guess it depends. 17, 18 depends on when's your birthday. When your birthday, but I was 18 <coughs> going but into university. Our school starts in the beginning of the year. Oh. Yes. Oh my so goodness. Okay. Yeah, so our so you turn 18 three months in. Yes. Got it. So my classes for law school started like in February, because that's our end of summer. It would be so nice to just have a calendar year of a school year. Like this whole September to June thing is it's so good. Yeah, so for to us, me. for us, it starts in February and goes to November. Okay. And then we have like from November, December, and January our summer vacation. Mm -hmm. And do you still get like the spring break type breaks in between? We have a winter vacation that it's. When I was a kid, because it was less hours required, we had four weeks in June or July. Oh, my God. It was amazing. Now it's like two or three. The poor kids have to work a lot harder. Um, I don't know why I'm complaining. Like the uh, nor um, Normal. Public schools get a week March break, whereas I went to a private school and I had two weeks. So does that spoil a little child? But Yeah, you don't go to public schools in Brazil either unless you have to. That was another thing here, because I think here... It's okay. Like you have a lot of like very nice schools. Oh yeah, like the public right? public yeah. education is like the the standardized education. Brazil, um, the public education is not like it's really low quality. Okay. So yes, and where was I? Okay, so this is what I like about law, the international law, the human rights. Um, I'm very good at investigation and reading people. So I wanted to become, um, I don't know the name of it, but it's not a police officer. Private investigator. No, the person that bosses the police around. The chief? 
Kind of, yes, something like this. But I think there is another like, like in in police department head office or like a precinct type thing. Like all I'm thinking is law and order. <laughs> yes, so kind of a precinct deputy. Okay, something like dire commission. There's a lot of names here. I'm, I'm looking at Google. The sheriff. Do you want to be the sheriff? Kind of like that. Who yes. shot the sheriff? But for, I would be like in in Brazil. We have. A military, mili- uh, military police mm-hmm. that's on the streets, taking care of like whatever they see. And we have what we call the civil police, and they are the ones that investigate crimes. Okay. So that's the one that I wanted to go to. But that's one that it's really hard to do that and remain like clean and mm. keep your integrity and be alive at the same time. You know, it's quite difficult you get sucked into some organizations and you end up being sent to very remote areas that can be more dangerous so and there are a lot of like very honest like nice people but they do struggle a lot and i it's getting better Mm -hmm. it was much worse and it was something that my parents were very concerned about like where I was going to end up and because they think I'm crazy because I say stuff, they're like, no, you're going to die. So, okay, I'm not going to do it. And that's how I end up doing like family law and labor law, you know? But I did go to my, well, my bar exam was actually tax law. I don't know how, I don't like it. But I think because my parents are both like um, accountants yeah. and related, I think that that's how I did it. But I don't know. I yeah, no, I'm the same way. My, with my mom being an accountant, any time any accounting courses I've had to take, no click. Like I've been around numbers, I guess, for too long that I don't want to look at it for a grade. <laughs> but that's how how I ended up doing that. And so labor law in Brazil, um, for a good amount of years, we had a president, Getulio Vargas, and he was, he has a nickname, like he's the father of the workers. That's how he's called. Um, And he had, like our labor laws were very protective of workers, of um, employees and employers, companies were always at fault, always. But it changed a lot lately. So a few things that I see, I consider that they're fair and yes, it had to be changed. But now we're protecting the strong part and we're leaving the vulnerable part. So it's a very bad thing that happened and it's not nice to see it was not a good experience yeah yeah i did some volunteer work with um for the family law and then it was even worse yeah because then you would see people in very vulnerable positions like a lot of women mainly struggling a lot with violence with abuse And some people are just not good people. So I said, oh, okay. Fair enough. Not for me. I've 
I wanted to be a lawyer for a small stint until I learned that it would be a very long time in school. Um, and now I'm at the age where I would love to go back to school. But at the time, I was like, I can't imagine staying in school for the next 10 years. But I, I figured I always wanted to go into family law only for the idea that like you could make a difference in the child's life. And that's coming from the perspective of parents of, or a child of divorce. But I was also very wary of the emotions attached to it because mm -hmm. I'm a very emotional person that I don't think I could take, I could remove myself from the situations. Um, and so I thought maybe the safest one for me would be like contract law or corporate yes, law, yes, except yes. then it's a lot of reading. <laughs> yes. That is a safe one. That's, yeah. That's, yeah. But or mergers and acquisitions, like just those very basic, clear yes. cut, no emotions. But then where's the motivation coming from? Yeah. Right? I feel that, and there is motivation there, and there are amazing lawyers that work with that, and they find their own motivation. But, like, I am motivated by people. So I don't think that that would be my thing, right? Yeah. When I think about international law and when I think about human rights, it's how it involves people. Yeah. For sure. It's how you actually impact a lot of lives. Aaron Brockovich, for example. Yes, yes, <laughs> you know, but that's, but that is, that's a very nice start. That, like those movies, there are a lot of things that are very inspiring. Yeah. Right? I still love the profession. Um, I am just, blown away by Johnny Depp's lawyer. I know we're not going to talk about this, but Mila. yes, but she's like, I love her. She yes. is so inspiring. She's so amazing. She's so smart. She reads the room. She has great comebacks. I was just like, wow, I love you. She is quick. I know. I agree. And I like that. So that's what I like. I like the comebacks. I like um, thinking on spot and reading, like noticing things because she was prepped, of course, very well prepped. But a lot of things that she was saying and how she was reacting was according to what was happening in the room. Well, exactly. And that's the that's the best kind of preparation because you have so many situations where someone can be so scripted or you know that they've memorized something and that's what they're pulling from. Mm -hmm. And it's it's a thing from Robert Downey Jr. That's my favorite little it's not even a fact, but he said that the way he likes to prepare for a movie or for a role is to prepare so much that he doesn't even read the script or anything. He just knows the role and that's how he performs. He's so prepared. He can sit in it. He can live in the moment Yes. and, and do it as expected and above that because he doesn't need to do anything else. One thing that I can say, it's not good to argue with me. Okay. <laughs> I'm, very well prepared. I'm very well prepared. Uh, but this is, even as a kid, I would feel like that. I had a lot of follow-up questions. Yes. I'm, and I'm really I'm good at catching way. lies. So my, yeah, I, I've been the same when it comes to debates. Don't debate me if you don't have a logical reason for your stance. Like if your, if your reason is because that's how I feel, that's not, that's not good enough. No, I, I need, I need the facts. I feel that too, but for me, it's more like the one thing for me is don't lie to me. I will catch your lie. Point taken. 
Warning sign. Yes. But I like that. It's... And I can... Um, my mom used to say, you should work with law enforcement when I was younger because of how I would react to some news or... Um, there was like this news about someone that was missing and I said, oh, this person killed um, whoever was missing. And my mom was just, how do you know? Why are you saying that? I said, look at her, look at her posture, look at her tone, look at how she's saying this. This woman killed the person that is missing. Oh my and my mom, no, it's impossible. Oh my God, you're crazy, blah, blah, blah. This was like lunchtime news. 7 p.m. news, what happened? They found the body. And my mom was like, oh my God, you should work for law enforcement. You actually, you're good at this. And I told you. But it changed. It's, which I'm, I'm also glad. I think it's a very emotional, like draining and demanding job. And I like to be a very happy person. And I don't know how that would be yeah. working with those type of situations. Like once in a while, okay, Louis. Once in a while, it's a thing. But if it's your everyday life, yeah, it's very draining. It's a very different energy. Yeah, and I feel, from what I know and the people I know that actually work with this, they do change. Like it changes you. Yeah, you have to become harder to it. So you joined TLS, you've grown in TLS. I you know I'm going to put us back. I, I don't have you for too long, so I'm going to put us on back on a, on a path here. Um, what would you say has been the key to your success in your journey with TLS? Um, the fact that I actually wanted to learn. So I learned a lot from everyone that I work with. And I said this the other day to Becky, yeah. sometimes I talk and Stephanie comes out of my mouth because I learned so much from her. <laughs> and this is a compliment, Steph, if you're listening. Um, but I feel that the key to success is actually wanting to learn. Mm -hmm. Like I had never done a job like this before. I had customer service experience, yes. Managing, coordinating things, yes. Exactly like the idea of brand delivery that we have at TLS and how we do, this was the first time. So I had to be able to learn. I had to learn things. And I think that that's what made the main difference. And being supported, having people that were actually willing to teach me what I had to learn. Um, at the beginning, Miriam also was a really big support. Um, she's still, she still is. Sorry, Miriam, you are. Big support. <laughs> Love you. Uh, she's going to go, what? So Am many disclaimers required. <laughs> um, but I do learn from everyone. Like I, today I work more closely with Raimi as well. And I have learned a lot from Raimi. Um, I work with I, I work with everyone, and I have learned from everyone in this company. You're welcome. Thank you, Alicia. <laughs> you as well. <laughs> I'm gonna stop naming names because I will forget someone. But it is. I think that 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 is that 
And it's for anything. I don't think it's only TLS. I believe that anything that we're going to do in life, we mm -hmm. need to be willing to learn. Yes. Which means that your ideas will be challenged. You will have to adapt. You will have to do things in a different way that you're not used to. And you have to be open-minded to accept that your ideas are not necessarily what's going to work. And that's what I think makes a difference. I've always said, if you become the smartest person in the room, get out of that room. Yeah. So, so I think that that's that, being supported and wanting to learn. I like it. And what is being a moment maker to you? It's impacting people's lives on any and every opportunity you have. It's actually taking the moment to make a difference when you're connecting with someone. For two minutes, for 20 minutes, for an hour, but making a difference, actually connecting with people. Making moments is about connecting with the person that you're talking to, they're interacting with. I can say that I respond to emails with a smile on my face sometimes, or I get like, and you, if you walk through my room, you're gonna see sometimes I'm just smiling, like I have a problem. I don't have a problem. I'm just a happy person and I'm happy about the email that I'm writing. Do you ever read it out loud as you're typing with the tone that you're intending? Yes, to yes, me. all the time. <laughs> I can, like I, and I want people to read my emails and hear my voice. Yes, I agree. So, and one thing that I do if I'm really in a hurry sending a message or an email, I will write the main message and then I'll edit it with, I hope you're having a nice day. How was your weekend? And it's not because I don't care about those things I do. And I actually like um, Lauren from Magic Bubbles. She's very sweet on her emails. I'm gonna give her a shout out here. And she's always interested to hear about you and she shares, and this is so nice. I've never met her in person. I've been working with her for only a few months. I do feel like I know her well because she create she also creates this type of environment and that's really cool. It's nice to work like this. Yeah. I agree. It's uh I would say that you've kept us I don't know how to word it, but on the straight and narrow when it comes to that extra piece of care <laughs> of the good morning, good afternoon, how are you? How is your day? Principal of school. Yes. <laughs> As Val has lovingly called you our principal, yes. Uh, but but it's something that we've we've kind of sunk into that everything's so go, 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 and we get stuck in that daily task and activities that we forget that while we practice genuine care, especially with our customers when we want to ask a question or when we need something from someone, we do forget that quick little moment of checking in yeah. with that person and, and that connection, because the connection with our customers is just as important as the connection with each yes. other. And I, I, I think that this is something that we can always learn and develop and um, make it better. I feel that for me, it's... Um, because of my mom, my mom's like this. 
So up to this, like she sends me messages, like very random. They're so like loving and caring. And the way that she's talking, the words that she chooses. Um, and she's, well, she was working until last year. And she's always helping my younger sister who has two kids. And <clears throat> she's a very, very involved grandma. I need to say that. So there are days that she's just there with the kids and Anela has her phone and whatever it is. But there's always this, at least this message that I can hear her voice, you know, because of the way that she writes the messages. Mm -hmm. And it's always with the caring. Of course, she's my mom. She has to love me. But she is like that, the way that she talks to other people. And I think that that was, that makes it's more natural, mm -hmm. let's say, for me. But this is something that we all can, we can always improve. I agree. Well, I think it's an important point, too. I've seen so many of those videos or the TikToks that are, are like, as a woman, and you're typing an email, did I put too many exclamation marks? Did I put too many smiley faces? Should I be putting that? Would a man put that? And it's like, it's this ongoing thought. And I'm sitting there when I write an email, and that will cross my mind. And I'm like, but that's how I talk. Like, yes, I am going to put six exclamation marks because that's the inflection that I use. Yeah. No, and you are a woman and we are all different. Yeah. That shouldn't be a problem. I agree. What would you say has been the biggest success for you so far? Very, very broad <laughs> spectrum. Not necessarily TLS related, right? Not necessarily. I think it is actually my moving to Canada. Um, oh, okay. Sticking to Canada, remaining in Canada, not giving up on you, Canada. <laughs> Was it the fantasy land that you had imagined with like being so safe and no fence or no uh, gates and whatnot? So I still, I live downtown London, Alicia. I know. So <laughs> it's not exactly that, but yes, no, it's, I love being here, but I mean that being by myself, um, going through the pandemic and going through a lot of things on my personal life, I do feel like a very strong and successful person for not giving up. So I am very proud of myself for that. So are we. Thank you. So that is, and this is something that I was talking to, to a friend of mine and I said, oh my God, the pandemic went by, I didn't do anything. People did so many things. People learned so many things. People, and this friend of mine said, well, you survived. You went through this, through that, through that, through that. You're good. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, that's right. Yes. Yes, I'm great. Yeah, that's good. So we sometimes we need to be reminded of those things too. But I'm proud of myself for this. Very thankful for the people I have around me here in Canada. Um, and there are things that you won't forget. I have I had a conversation with Lori once when she was asking me about um, something very personal when I was about to go back to Brazil. And she made a comment, a very supportive one, but it was so cute. It was like, 
one of my friends like from childhood talking to me and telling me that I could do it and that everything would be okay and that she had my back. So those little things make a lot of difference at the end of the day. They're not little. They're what yeah. make the day, right? So, yeah. So I, I believe that not giving up on Canada is a big thing. Not a quitter. And we're happy to have <laughs> you still here. Thank you. Um, I know I have to let you go. So I can, I can go more. Can you? It's okay. twelve thirty. My call. Okay. I put a a breathing room because I knew that it would go longer. You know that we're talkers. Yeah. <laughs> um, so then, conversely, what's been your biggest learning opportunity? I think. I think that with everything that I think that with everything that happened and hmm, being here without my family around me during the pandemic was a huge learning opportunity for me to learn more about myself. Being able to handle um, my father's passing and not being able to be in Brazil with my family, uh, horrible, horrible. I don't recommend to anyone. But at the same time, It's, it showed me that I can, I can, we can do much more than we imagine. Mm -hmm. We are extremely strong and capable and we can go through things and come out stronger and better. And I think that that was a big learning opportunity for me. And I realized, so one thing that happened is that for a little while, I realized that I was feeling a bit less kind, I would say, a little bit hardened, I think. Oh, if I go through this and, oh, you know? Yeah. So going, what makes us kind and sweet is not suffering, is receiving kindness. Pain doesn't develop kindness. It's kindness that helped develop it. And I feel that I went through that. I think because of the pain and the hard times, I was not, and I was not recognizing myself. So being able to shift back was something that, again, showed me all that we're capable of, as long as we are aware. Mm -hmm. Like the key point is being aware so you can actually make a change and make a difference, right? Yeah. So my, the success would be remaining in Canada despite all that happened. And the learning opportunity would also be this. 
because that helped me learn more about myself. Because I always thought I was just so nice and then I saw myself and I didn't feel that nice anymore. I'm back. I'm nice now. Don't worry. <laughs> but um, it's not like I was mean to anyone, but I, my thoughts and feelings were not in sync with what I always been. Right. You know? Yeah, I get it. So that was a huge learning opportunity. Number one, as kind as you are, it's never guarantee. You always need to be intentional and you always need to be aware so you can actually make a difference. I love that. It's like you can't change a person that doesn't want to be changed. It's yes. the same, yeah, it's along the same lines. Yes, and what happens is when you <clears throat> step out of your element, and it's not about like comfort zone, like I'm, I held a bird this past weekend. And I am petrified of birds. <laughs> Was this one on your balcony or? <laughs> no, 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 no. Someone like a kid's bird and they put it on my fingers like, oh my God, heart attack. But no, survived. So stepping out of your comfort zone is good. But what's our element, who we truly are? When we go far from who we are, like when we step out of it, that brings us to a zone that is not good. And that's what I feel happened. And because I was able to notice it and work with it. Oh, Louis, come here. Louis, come here. Come here. It's okay. He walked by. Be nice. There you go. Louis, my friend now, you all can just be jealous. <laughs> it's okay. I know, I love you too. So I think it's important that we stay true to ourselves. That's what I was going for, you know? And being able to do that really made a difference for me. Oh, I love you too. Oh, I know. He's just like kissing me. I expect these kisses when we get home, mister. Mm, mommy's jealous. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know, I know. <laughs> The side eye is real with this one. <laughs> yeah, but that's it. Like being true to yourself. That was going through all of this gave me the opportunity to understand that it is extremely important to be true to myself. Um, but that sometimes to make that a reality, you do need to be intentional and make an effort. I was talking about that with Ruba is that I, I've done enough reflection to know me and to know my issues and what does need to change. The next step is actually making the change. <laughs> yeah, that's, well, the, the first step is actually quite hard. Yes, I, I have admitted there's a problem. Good, good. That's the first step. <laughs> yes, we've, we've made a baby, baby step. We'll get there. <laughs> Um, what's your biggest piece of advice to a new moment maker that's come to join us? Um, never really worked in the customer service industry. Maybe not even talked on the phone much because this generation, everything's online. So what would be your biggest piece of advice for them to be successful in this kind of environment? Enjoy the moment. I 
I was the happiest moment maker. Um, so happy guys, but I had a lot of fun being a moment maker, talking to people, learning about them. Um, so enjoy the moment, learn, be open to learn, learn new skills. It's learning is always good and doesn't take up space. So go for it, learn, learn all you can for everything, but enjoy the moment. You're not going to be able to be a moment maker if you're not happy doing what you're doing. You can't fake happiness. No. So you have to enjoy the moment. That's my main piece of advice. You will be able to connect with the customers and you will be able to create the moments when you are also feeling good about it. And please talk on the phone, it's so good. Text message is so overrated. Your generation doesn't know what's good to have your mom after you saying that the phone bills are too high because you spent so many hours on the phone. It's fun, I promise. I do remember those days. I asked my mom the other day because um, I was I was old enough to remember it, but young or too young to really know the reason. But I, I remember the days when we didn't need area codes. Like I could just call my friend's house in London with just a seven digit number. And I was trying to remember oh. why we needed area codes. You know that in Brazil, we don't do area codes. In the country? When it's a local, no, when it's okay. a local call. Yeah, so we used to have that where we never needed. But we added a number, now it's eight digits. Interesting. Because mm -hmm. when I was a kid, it's what, 262. 8993. Now it's 32628993. And does that help? Is that like the county code in a way? No, there's no code. That's just So number. what's the three for? It's just an extra number because then they could do like more number combinations, I guess. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because we ran out of so we ran out of number combinations yes. basically. So we needed to start with the area codes. And I just so, remember the time of no area codes. And code. then you have two area codes, right? For London. Yeah, there's two for this area. So for us, they added the tree, and then we just have area codes for uh, the cities, but it's only when you're doing like long distance. Right. So Curitiba is 41. Uh, I have a sister that lives in the Northeast, it's 85. Rio is 21, Sao Paulo is 11. You see a lot of knowledge. Why do I carry this knowledge? I don't know, but <laughs> it's, it's there. Known. <laughs> it's there. Yeah. We've come a long way with our communication and technology, let's just say that. Mm-hmm. My last question. I think that I have had you answer this, but we're going to do it again. Maybe it'll be a different answer. What's one thing that you do nowadays to live in the moment? I think I have answered this before, but it's so good that I don't remember my answer. <laughs> um, I think that I need, for me, to live in the moment, I need to disconnect from everything else that's around. So when I have to connect, so now here with you, I have my phone here. The only, I have not touched my phone. I'm not touching it. If something's on fire and someone badly needs me, they will call and I will 
talk to you about it, but I'm not concerned about it. I don't need to be checking. I don't need to be. So what I do is that I let people know where I am or what I'm doing so I can actually focus on that. And if something happens, then they come to me. Mm -hmm. So that helps a lot. That helps me. I used to go to the gym and be on Teams, for example. Yeah. You know? Or email. or I, I have found that I do that when I work out. Yes. I'll just randomly <laughs> check Teams. It's, I've done it while driving. It's a problem. Yes, yes, yes. So that's not good. No. I shouldn't because, admit that. Sorry, folks. No, no. It's But what I mean is that when you're... So when you're driving, you should be driving. I'm not the one to say, but <laughs> I'm at fault here too. But when you're driving, you should be focused on that. Yeah. Or let's say it's a world trip, you have some music, but you're not focused on your work. Um, the same thing happens at work. Like Brazil is, everything's on WhatsApp. I rarely respond to WhatsApp during the day. People complain about it, but I'm focused. I'm doing something else. I'm not checking it, mm -hmm. and I will not. I turned off the notifications. So I check it when I have time to check it. And that's what I do to live in the moment is that I try to remove distractions and focus on what I'm supposed to be doing at that moment. And when you're at the gym, Alicia, you shouldn't be between teams. See, because it's supposed to be like endorphin an and disconnecting. Thing. Because I don't, I don't even have notifications on. My notifications on are on if someone mentions me or tags me because that's clearly meant for me. Mm -hmm. Every if, if nothing, like if there's other stuff going on that doesn't concern me, I don't need to know about it in that moment. So I'll suggest an exercise. Okay. Remove it from your phone oh, for a week. God. <laughs> oh, you had that. I, dare you. I yeah. had that. I had it removed from my phone for a few weeks. Yeah. You know what happened? Nobody people, died. <laughs> people learned what was really important. <laughs> Nobody died. Um, nothing was on fire. I had my computer and I checked it during yeah. the proper hours and what happened is that I am not addicted to it anymore. I need to find a way to lock it during. Just remove it for a few days. I could. I know it's yeah. hard, but so you know what? I'm not an anxious person, but that actually gave me anxiety. My, I remember my first weekend without any of the apps on my phone. And I was extremely anxious and I was reaching out to people to see if everything was okay. Yeah. It was not a good experience on me or people around me, but it got so much better. I was actually complimented by a friend saying, oh my God, you're doing so much better on this now. And it is good for you. Like it's... Yeah, I agree. Because it's almost like a security blanket where there's absolutely nothing happening, but double checking that there's yes. nothing happening is what calms me. Yes. Uh, yeah. You it's, need. We need to trust our teams and the people that we have with us. Um, and I believe that as long as you have 
expectations set regarding the communication and everything that is supposed to happen, there is no reason for you to be like that yeah. and checking things at like super late at night or while you're doing your workout. Because then you're not focusing on your workout. The workout is not just about like shaping your body, losing it's weight. It's not about thing. that. It's a mental thing. Yes. Yeah, I agree. Working out, driving. There are a lot of activities that they bring us um, pleasure. They change our hormone balance and they're good for us. They make us live longer and healthier. But you kind of take the purpose away if you're doing something that you're not supposed to at the time, right? So... Yeah, like my mom refuses to have her work email on her phone because she knows if yeah. something is happening, they will call her. But anything else can wait and she will check her email. <laughs> Louie, that's not appropriate. <laughs> Use your manners. Um, yeah, if, if something's happening, they'll call her and everything else can wait until she has the time to be present and, and doing it. It's the so, compartmentalization thing. As we're talking and I'm thinking, um, I think that to live in the moment, you need to have balance and systems in place so you're not stressing about something you should not be stressing in that moment and you can actually enjoy what you're doing. I like that. See, that's one of my problems I've admitted, but probably Good. won't change. Now let's remove it from your phone for the weekend to see how it goes. Oh dear. Maybe. Maybe sometime. There, there are weekends that I will go with um, forgetting that teams even exist. Like, it does happen. But if I'm bored or alone, then I'm just kind of like, what's happening in teams? <laughs> oh and God. apparently I get bored while working out. <laughs> well, you know what you can do? You can listen to a podcast. I hear Chalessa has one. Yeah, there's this really <laughs> great one. Yeah, you should try that. <laughs> At least once a week workout can be that. There you go. Well, thank you very much for giving so much time to me. Thank well, you for... thank you, Alicia. This was fun. It's a pleasure, yeah. I think people would think I'm crazy with everything that I've done. I think we already think you're crazy, so we're okay. Oh my God, I'm such a kind person. Why crazy? <laughs> crazy Louis in a good loves way. Me, right? Louis Tell does them, love Louis. You. Yeah, I love Anna. I know I love you too. Okay, you're going home with me. Remember that. You would say we would be such great friends when you barely would talk to me. Well, thank you, and thank you, thank Louis. Thank you, Alicia. Thank you, Louis. You made this even more special. <laughs> yes, you did. She's so great. I loved getting to know Anna more, and as you know, it's my favorite part about the Celebrate Your Journey series. I am just in awe of the diverse backgrounds that we have here, and I love what Anna said about putting your tone in your emails or any messages you send. Let's not forget, we've spent the last two years away from each other, and the majority of the time, all we've had is messages and emails. It is so important to put your personality and your own touch in how you communicate, regardless of the method. It's how we connect, it's how we build relationships, and it's how you put yourself out into the world. Thank you for spending a little bit of extra time with us today. I think Anna now holds the record for the longest episode, but her story is so fascinating and unique. Just when you think you've heard it all, folks. I hope you have an excellent rest of the week. 
Join us next Monday, same time, same place. We'll see you then. Sometimes you need someone there for support. Sometimes you need